0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? He answered them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then you will stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. He will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, we ate and drank in your company and you taught in our streets. And Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me all you evildoers and There will be wailing and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves cast out and People will come from the east and the west and from the north and the south and will recline at table in the kingdom of God for behold some are last who will be first and some are first, who will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise is to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Church has been around for nearly 2,000 years, and so in some respects it's difficult to hear a message of urgency, of not putting off the work of practicing the faith, and fitting that we use the word practicing when we talk about living the faith, because it is practicing. It's trying. It's learning. It's at times making mistakes and dealing with correction, as the letter to the Hebrews tells us about. But it's hard to get around that sense of urgency, Because it seems as though we can do everything we're going to do for as long as we need to do it and things are going to be the same. We can look around at our world and we look at the ways in which we are constantly compelled to pray in the wake of violence or tragedy. And our prayers seem not to change much. Even locally here, we can make all kinds of push of urgency of the need to do something. St. Joseph has been around here in Cockeysville for 167 years. And many will come and go. Generations will pass and everything seems to keep on going. And so it's really hard to get our heads and our hearts around Jesus' pretty stern words about the need to get up, to do, to act. We know what those urgent messages are. We hear them every day. You know, Act now. Don't miss out. And yet the faith seems to be a constant. It doesn't move. And we lose sight of something of that need always to be vigilant. Because it's pretty clear, at least it seems, we can delude ourselves into that sense that nothing's going to happen. It doesn't really matter. What is what is today will also be tomorrow. But we know the The constancy of the faith as we come and go, because life is fleeting, and we know not the day or the hour. The author of the letter to the Hebrews today reminds us that the practice of the faith requires discipline. It requires some process at times of purgation, of purging, of of being corrected. That's also not an easy message to hear. Recognizing that Jesus is the one who treats us as a brother, God treats us as a father would treat his beloved child, whom the father loves, he disciplines. And so Jesus is doing some of that strengthening, chastening, disciplining, encouraging us not to miss out. And while things may look like they're not going to go away. Jesus is always offering something new. And that is a challenge. When we've been in this practice of the faith for a long time, we, we, we establish patterns and habits, and those are great, to have a, a habit and a pattern of prayer, to have a habit and pattern of charity, of service. But it's easy to fall in the sense of, well, this is the way I do it, and we get comfortable with that. And it grows so familiar That at times, it loses its impact and its power for us. And so Jesus is saying, strive always to enter through the narrow gate. Not just find one thing that works and then just stick with it indefinitely. We get comfortable in our practices. And it's hard to change those at times when we're called to change. This beautiful traditional prayer, what's called the universal prayer ascribed to Pope Clement XI from the Middle Ages, uh, is always on my heart and and in my daily prayer. Lord, I want to do what you ask it in the way you ask it, for as long as you ask it, because you ask it. And that's got to be our kind of urgency, our kind of willingness to give ourselves over to the Lord for however the Lord wants to work with us. Falling into our sense of complacency, we'd want to twist that and say, Lord, I'm ready to practice the faith, but here's my terms, and I'm going to practice it in my way, when I'm willing to, as long as I'm willing to, and I'm going to give you what I'm able to give you. Without that sense of being called or being stretched into something for the Lord, we try to do the opposite at times and make the Lord fit into our world, into our plan. And that's where we might find ourselves missing out on some great grace. Jesus puts this pretty sternly and pretty harshly that we're going to be left out, locked out, put out. On a day-to-day basis, though, there's always something that the Lord is offering. And we might miss out on some particular grace if we try to limit or confine our practice of the faith to our terms. Rather than God's terms that might see beyond what we have the capacity to see, that the Lord has some particular gift to offer us. And so we always have to be willing to be stretched. And that begins right here in our celebration of the Mass. As we come here, and it's easy to fall into the pattern and the habit of, this is how I come to Mass, this is what we do, this is how we celebrate it. But what we're really doing as we enter into worship is entering into God's realm where we're not the ones in control. Our worship of God ought to be, at times, a little bit uncomfortable because we're being stretched into the heavenly, into God's world, into God's grace. And we have to see it not just on our terms of here's what we do and how we're doing it and how it works and see this all as some kind of transaction that we come and we bring our devotion and we receive from something from the Lord, and then we go back to what we were doing. But we really step into God's world and God's life, and what happens here in God's presence might surprise us when we really surrender and give ourselves over, and that's what we do when we worship God. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Not let's mold God into what we need God to be today. Frightening to think of the possibility of something that extraordinary or radical happening as we come to pray. But as we give ourselves over, we want to heed the urgent call that even though God who was, who is, and who is to come will always be, we are but fleeting and passing. And we need what God has to offer us whenever God offers it, in the way God offers it. And so let us worship, pray, and give ourselves over in the way that the Lord needs us to because God's the one inviting, calling, giving, and saving. Amen.